Hello there and welcome to Fabulous Folklore, the podcast for all things folklore, occult and just a bit weird. I'm your host Icy Sedgwick, blogger, fantasy author and your guide into these rather mysterious realms. I've got some rare things to show you, so come on in, take a look around, but be careful not to touch anything. These things sometimes bite. Hello and welcome back to Fabulous Folklore with Icy. I'm your host Icy Sedgwick. Welcome, if this is your first time around these parts. I cannot believe that it is almost the end of March. As I'm recording this, we actually haven't reached the halfway point yet, but it's coming. So when you hear this, it'll be either the spring equinox or almost the spring equinox. And I'm just a little bit shocked at how fast the year's going. But you know, time speeds up as you get older. Speaking of getting older, it's actually my birthday tomorrow as I record this. So I will be trying to make sure I have candles on my birthday cake. If you want to have a go at guessing how old I am, please feel free to tweet me at Icy Sedgwick. And that's I-C-Y-S-E-D-G-W-I-C-K. That should be good for a giggle. But anyway... This is one of many reasons why, as part of our witchcraft theme for this month, we are looking at candles. Now, candles are one of those things which do appear in various magical scenarios in films. You can get them in books and paintings, but they're quite common around the modern home. Indeed, we've got a whole box of them, just these, oh, the horrible, white, boring things in the telephone cupboard, but they're literally in case we have a power cut. I can't actually remember the last time we had a power cut that wasn't during the day. And at least when you have a daytime power cut, you just lose like the telly in the kettle. But we haven't needed to use those ones, thankfully, for quite some time. But you also use candles for things like changing the mood in a room, if you want to have a romantic dinner or a pampering bath or anything like that. And obviously scented candles are like ridiculously popular now as well. But I think the main reason that most people will sort of think of them is birthday cake candles or indeed people lighting candles for a spell of some description. So today we're going to have a look at what superstitions you will get around candles and also how candles appear in magic. Bear in mind candles are a massive topic so for the sake of space and time I'm just going to focus on a small selection of superstitions and beliefs. But we're going to start off with candles and magic and I want you to banish the idea of an old crone lighting candles to cast spells in a digi hovel from your mind. That is really, really just wrong on many levels because in earlier centuries candles would be beyond the reach of most households. Only the really, really super rich would have candles or indeed the church because they were the only people who could actually afford to buy beeswax candles. Ordinary people would either use rush lights or tallow candles. And tallow, if you haven't come across it before, is animal fat. So you can imagine how disgusting they smelled while they were burning. I can only imagine them giving off like greasy smoke as well, so it's all just very disgusting. But obviously, we just use candles with merry abandon now because they're made from various synthetic components, which is why we find them quite commonly on the birthday cake. When I was looking into this, I was actually quite surprised how many countries and cultures actually have blown out candles on a cake as part of their celebrations. Then again, any excuse for cake really, and I'm down with that. The number of candles on the cake varies. In some traditions, you have the same number of candles as the age reached. Obviously, that implies that you need a bigger cake as the person got older to accommodate all the candles. Which again, down with that. In other traditions, you spell out the number or the age using candles. And then others use candles to denote groups of years. So one candle for every five years or so. 
But of course, we don't just use birthday cake candles for their aesthetic value. Jan Harald Brunvand actually points out that the typical belief is that in order for the wish to come true, you have to blow out all of the candles in one go. Obviously, though, this is an example of ordinary everyday magic that people might do without even really considering that it's magic. But if you look at spiritual faiths like Wicca and witchcraft, the burning of candles actually becomes quite important. And it's quite a large part of that particular practice. Now, in these cases, the candles need to be charged with a desire or a wish before it will come true. So in many cases, people might anoint the candle with oil that's somehow related to whatever it is that they want to try and attract. And they focus their energy and they focus their attention on whatever it is that they want, directed into the candle. And then when they burn the candle, that then releases the wish or desire into the universe. You also pick the right colour of the candle that matches the desire. So you might use pink for love or blue for healing, green for money or the environment. Interesting that one. And you might also inscribe the candle with runes or symbols to help the wish on its way. So say you wanted to attract a new relationship, you might use a red candle for passion or pink for like more romantic love and you might anoint it with rose oil. Obviously, we've got the podcast on the folklore around roses if you're interested, and then you would basically perform your candle spell after you've done all that. A good place to have a look for candle spells, really simple ones, is a book called The Magpie and the Wardrobe, A Curiosity of Folklore, Magic and Spells, which I highly, highly recommend. There is a review on my blog, so I'll pop the link in the show notes if you listen to this on iTunes. So I've already mentioned that churches would be the only place that you could really buy candles or have candles because of the price of them. But candles are always quite a common sight because obviously people often light candles in memory of people. And it's quite a nice way to have like a little memorial going. Now, some people think that the origins of burning candles, in Catholic churches at least, actually dates back to the days of the Old Testament, which clearly makes it quite an established practice. Nowadays, burning the candle often represents Christ in his role as the light of the world. Incidentally, if you Google light of the world William Holman Hunt, you will see one of my favourite paintings. Side issue, just something for you to do later on if you're on the bus near board. Alternatively, light and votive candles can also represent that you're offering a prayer for something. It's quite interesting because if you look at a festival like Diwali, the Festival of Light, which is celebrated by Hindu, Sikhs, Jains and Buddhists, they all focus on lighting candles as well. So it's quite interesting how this concept of lighting candles becomes a way of bringing light into your world. I did find that there was actually a very specific type of candle related to both Christianity and folklore called the Christmas candle. And there was actually an exchange in the correspondence section of a 1917 issue of the Folklore Journal where somebody had written in asking for information about the custom of burning two candles on Christmas Eve. And in the response, they explained that the custom was common in Cumberland, Lincolnshire, Yorkshire and probably Northumberland, but actually involved only one candle. Now, this Christmas candle was about half a yard in length. Don't ask me what that is in metric, because I don't know. And it was usually a gift from the grocer to his customers. The family would get it out on Christmas Eve, They'd have it on the table and then when everybody had gathered around, they would finally light it during supper. If you lit it too soon or you snuffed it out before the end of supper, either of those things would bring bad luck. And the family would then keep a piece of the candle until the following year. The same article also said that there was a similar custom in Cornwall 
where a member of the family would actually paint designs on the candles. And then in Shropshire, I think it is, colliers would carry lit candles on a board from house to house near Oswest Street. So there's a much nicer way of asking for money. So obviously these are all quite nice positive associations with candles. But one of the most obvious reasons that you might ever actually burn one is to keep darkness away. Hence the reason why we have a box of them for power cuts. If you hold the shadows back, you also keep back the sinister creatures that lurk in them. And for some people, putting a lit candle inside a jack-o'-lantern at Halloween holds evil spirits at bay. So the candle sort of burning inside the pumpkin acts as a protection device for your home on a sort of supernatural level. However, the Celts originally believed that the jack-o'-lantern was actually put outside to guide lost spirits home. So of course, if you wanted to invite your ancestors home on Halloween, you would put the jack-o'-lantern outside with the, the, the candle in and the flame would help them find where they needed to be. So perhaps the wicked carved face of the lantern only deters evil visitors. Obviously, fire in many forms, as well as it being an incredibly destructive element, was also used to protect homes and communities. And obviously, just think of Gondor calls for aid, lighting the beacons. I mean, even in the borders near where I live, lighting beacons was quite a common way of signalling for help. Obviously, candles then represent the smallest and most portable means of having fire in your house. And let's be honest, they are a little bit safer. Some believe that if you have a a candle lit and it suddenly blows out for no reason, it means evil spirits are near, which kind of makes them a bit of a supernatural Davy lamp. But I have also heard, and I really can't remember where I've heard this, but there you go, that if flames burn blue, it means that a ghost is present. And I found another superstition that says if you look into a mirror by candlelight, not only will you see your reflection, obviously, you will also see the ghosts in your home. So in this case, candlelight both illuminates your home and the shadow realm that you can only see through a mirror, which is either cool or creepy, depending on your take. Now, obviously, we're going to get on to superstitions because that's like my favourite part of folklore. And one of them is that if candles burn out entirely, robbers will come to your home. I think that's possibly more likely that if you've got a home that's completely in darkness, it's much easier to commit a crime. But it could also refer back to the candles created for the Hand of Glory used by robbers to rob a home, which you can learn more about in episode one of this podcast if you're interested in people turning human hands into candles. Candles flicker and flare normally because of the air patterns in your house. But if flames suddenly jump for no reason, then it means that a neighbour has gossip to pass on. Also, keep an eye on them because if a bright spark suddenly shoots up from a nearby candle, you'll receive a letter soon. I'm assuming that might also apply to Facebook messages or email or text and not just letters. But yeah, so pay attention for any bright sparks, health and safety, if nothing else. Some believe that candles should never be extinguished without the sign of the cross being made. I've also heard of Wiccans who won't blow out a candle for fear of offending the fire elemental in the flame. So they'll only pinch or snuff out the candle. Candles that burn until they go out actually only bring bad luck in most of the superstitions, which does make sense on a practical level, because in earlier centuries, candles were pretty much the only source of light, and if you let one burn out, you were essentially burning your own money because of how much they cost. So I think this is one of the examples where you can see where the folklore comes from to support getting people to change their behaviour. So if you want people to stop burning through their candles, if you tell them doing that will bring bad luck, they're less likely to do it. And also, candles were a bad thing for sick people. 
so carrying a lit candle into a sick room could herald the death of the invalid. And even keeping the candle out of the room was no guarantee of safety, because if the smoke off the candle turned towards the church, it meant the invalid would die soon. I have a feeling that may be something to do with people opening windows and drafts getting into rooms and then making people worse, but that's just me trying to make sense of something that's relatively irrational. But as you can see from all of these magical things and superstitions and what have you that we've covered today, candles have got a multitude of uses, from protecting your home, finding evil spirits, bringing you good luck or sending wishes into the universe. And if Neil Gaiman's excellent novel Stardust is to be believed, then candlelight is also the fastest way to travel. So what I want to know is do you have any superstitions around candles that you follow? If you do, please feel free to head back to www.icysedgwick.com forward slash candles and pop your superstitions in the comments because I'd love to hear them. So that's it for this week. Next week, we're going to be having a look at what plants you would find in a witch's toolkit. That's always quite fun. So if you've enjoyed the Flower Folklore podcast episode so far, you'll enjoy that one. So I will see you then. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, feel free to subscribe using whichever podcast app it is that you prefer. If you do use iTunes, if you could leave me a review, that would be fab. Basically, it just means iTunes are more likely to recommend this to other people. And if you're interested in more folklore, please feel free to swing by my blog, which is www.icsedgwick.com. And that's Sedgwick spelled S-E-D-G-W-I-C-K. And you can find all of the links, images and other bits and pieces that hopefully you enjoy. So have an absolutely fab week ahead and I'll see you soon. Cheerio!